0: Are you looking to wager on all the big events in sports? Well, I have terrific news for you. BetOnline, our partners, continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Just sign up now. It's so easy to get started. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. get there today. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Hey, it's horse racing season. NHL and NBA playoffs are here. Uh, Fights, you name it. And NFL futures for this season, you can bet those. And your World Series winner. A lot going on and bet online, get you paid. Bet online where the game starts. Make a splash this May with a new spa from myhottub.com. Inventory available now, so choose from over fifty spas. These prices are slashed to move fast. Myhottub.com located in Destiny USA. Hurry, these spas won't last.
1: Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr. and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
0: ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, in a five-star review. We are brought to you by our good friends over at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Camillus Golf Club, Welch & Company Jewelers, and Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Stop by Chick-fil-A for all the chicken tenders, the nuggets, the waffle fries, the mac and cheese, the delicious salads, the mouth-watering breakfast that they have in the morning as well with the scramble bowls and the uh, breakfast sandwiches and more. Plus, you can get your meal catered and delivered today from Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Make sure you go find them on all the social media platforms and check out all of their desserts as well, milkshakes and chocolate chip cookies. The place is great. Go through the drive-thru. It's the best drive-thru in history. And uh, you can also dine in or, like I said, get your meal delivered uh, as well. And that could just be a personal delivery or it could be a business cater job. Whatever happens, chick fil a Checks the box. They get it done. Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to Carvel of North Syracuse, MyHotTub.com, and the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform. So in this episode, before I get over to a crossover uh, on Built in Buffalo, a guy who I've actually had on this platform a ton and uh, past radio shows and you know Syracuse and Albany on the national scene with Yahoo and SB Nation, Scott Petoniak, the longtime Buffalo Bills columnist, insider, and TV contributor. I'm going to play a crossover episode from the built-in Buffalo Podcast Network in my Pandemonium Podcast show, which happens every Wednesday. There's just a lot of good insight in there. I wanted to highlight them. Uh, You know, on both of these, we recap the draft. We talk uh, a lot about... Um, you know, the cornerback strategy for the Bills here. We talk about the recent news of the Bills and Titans on Monday Night Football in Week 2. So I'm going to get to all of that. I'm going to play that episode here, oh, I don't know, in about 8, nine, ten minutes. But before I do that, I wanted to dive deep into the Baker Mayfield situation uh, with, with the Cleveland Browns. We know that this has just turned really, really, really ugly. I, I don't think that anybody would argue that. Um, and, you know, when did it go south? When was it really, really... Um, you know, uh to the point where, you know, you, you you have to trade him, you have to move on from him, etc. Maybe maybe when you know the Browns publicly said we want an adult in the room, maybe that's just not what you're supposed to say, huh? Um and look, Baker Mayfield's a clown. There's no doubt about it. I would have stayed so far away from him in the NFL draft, I don't care about Heisman Trophy. Uh, I don't care about all the wins at Oklahoma, I don't care what he did in college, I would have stayed the hell away from him, Uh, he just didn't have the moxie and the makeup to be a leading franchise quarterback, in my estimation, in the NFL, it doesn't take away anything from his college career, but I just never thought Baker Mayfield, and again, when guys come out, it's all prediction, it's all crapshoot, it's all who knows, I mean, You know, there's so many things that are happening in the NFL draft. There's so many uh, moving parts. There's so many things that have to happen when guys get to teams. You need a support staff. You need great coaching. You've got to have good ownership. You've got to stay healthy. You've got to have weapons. All those things need to take place. They—that's the other half. I've always talked about that. The franchise quarterback. You got to do your due diligence. You got to work hard. You got to hit the weight room. You got to know the playbook. You got to be easy to coach. You got to be a great teammate. Blah blah blah. But what if you're all of those things and then everything else is a pile of garbage? You're going nowhere. It's just the bottom line, <laughs> you know. And But with Baker Mayfield, I feel like it's gone too full. I, th- I feel like both sides have gone completely in the trash. And, you know, the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. Now, granted, they have gotten to, um, you know, the, the, the playoffs. They have knocked on the door of, you know, being a, a, a pretty successful team with Baker as a quarterback. Mm-hmm um but are they a super bowl team and i've said for a long time that i think the browns are probably a they probably have a super bowl roster but they're just missing that quarterback position and isn't it funny that they want an adult in the room and then yet they bring in deshaun watson and give him a fully guaranteed contract of what 240 million dollars so it's uh it's comical but you know with with baker um i think there's a couple of things to really break down He's played four years with the Cleveland Browns. Has he gotten better? No. The answer is no. They've added some weapons. They have a power ground game. They've got a great defense. They've got cornerstone players, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb. They've got monster players. They've had Jarvis Landry, right? I mean, they've brought in a ton of talent. They brought in OBJ. Maybe the worst fit in football history. It ended up working out in LA, right? Just wasn't a great fit. He was still a good weapon. Writing should have been on the wall to not do that. Bringing in that prima donna to go with the quarterback prima donna, probably not a good idea. Baker Mayfield, though, has had a ton to work with. His offensive line's been very good, and he's just been awful. Um, you know, Now he's got fancy calling the plays and all that. Maybe that was a, a, a must in order to save Baker, and now it turns out they're not going to keep Baker. Baker demands a trade, but he hasn't gotten better. You know, he, he averaged in 2021 0.5 yards less per uh, per pass than he did during his rookie season. He threw 14 picks in 2018. He threw 13 last year through 21 in 2019. And look at the yardage. Now, I know he only played 14 games in 2021, but when you look at 37-25, 38-27, 35-63, etc., I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, hmm What's really there? I mean, 17 touchdowns and 13 interceptions—that ain't gonna do it for me. Um, again, I think the Cleveland Browns are a clown parade. They have been um, for a long time. Uh, it's a bad situation to be in for any quarterback. I don't know as if I'd really wish it on anyone uh, at this particular point. When, when you've seen, you know, how they've worked for an office-wise and the deals, um, I, I just—I don't think I'd—I'd I'd wish it on anybody, even—even even Baker. But Baker Mayfield has not been. Um, you know the most well-behaved quarterback. He he's concentrating on commercials. Um, he goes publicly too much. He gets on Twitter too much. Um, you know he, he throws people under the bus. He talks garbage. Uh, you know that, that that that's a lot of that's a lot of braggadocio, a lot of a uh, a lot of a cocky attitude here uh, to have for a guy who has done nothing in the NFL. And you know I'm I'm looking at this guy too. And there's a big factor, I think, that that you have to really take into consideration with him, and this is just what comes with the territory, okay? Fair or unfair, if you land somewhere in between, whatever, when you are a, a number one pick, okay, when you are a number one pick, consensus, the pressure escalates. It does not matter what your name is. If you go number one, you're number one. Period. End of discussion. And the fair part is, well, if you accomplish a ton in college, you're sought after. You get picked number one. It's a quarterback league. It's an offensive league. Onward we go. The fair part. The unfair part is, you know what? Like, Baker Mayfield gets picked number one what is he going to be Peyton Manning right out of the shoot <laughs> you know you know I, that's the thing i mean is, is he going to be you know an elite guy coming out of coming out of, of Oklahoma like immediately um is he he's he's got to be the number one this he's got to be this he's got to be this again he's got to be all the uh he's got to be all the quarterbacks um you know th- that we've seen Um, in past years, he's got to be all those big guys. He's got to be all the guys who have already made it to Canton and all that, right? I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Um, But number one is next to your name, right? I mean, number one is etched forever into your name. And so when you look at all the names of guys of years past, okay, we look at, Again, still some time for Kyler Murray. He was picked the year after Baker, of course. You know, we look at guys like Cam Newton. We look at Matt Stafford. We look at Jamarcus Russell. We look at Eli Manning. And again, this is both sides and everybody in between, right? We we look at David Carr, Michael Vick. We look at Peyton Manning. We look at Drew Bledsoe, right? We look at Jeff George. We look at Vinny Testaverde. We look at John Elway. You know, we look at Steve... Bartkowski, <laughs> I mean, some of these names, man. You know, Jim Plunkett, Terry Bradshaw, number one draft pick, number one overall, and you're a quarterback. It's twofold. One, you're number one, and that's etched in your name forever, whether you're a quarterback or not, and let's see what you end up being. Are you booming or busting, right? I mean, you're either, you know, at this point, you know, you're either a uh, a Kajana Carter. That might be the worst number one pick of all the time. You're either Kajana Carter or you are, you know, Peyton Manning, right? I mean, really, you know, you're either Dan Wilkinson or you are Carson Palmer, Eli Manning. So Boomer Bus is there. It's double the accolades and double the pressure and demand and all the rest when you're a quarterback. Because it's a quarterback league, right? And we've seen some guys fall on their faces, Jamarcus Russell and others. I don't think Baker Mayfield has staying power as a starting quarterback. I think he's a backup quarterback the rest of his career. Now, you might have, as we record this, a chance here in the very near future that somebody takes a shot at him. Would Seattle take a look at him? Would Carolina take a look at him? Obviously, you got to you know kind of play around with maybe a little bit of money there. Do you pick up a you know an option? Do you uh, you know like what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Um, you know, do you extend him and franchise him and give him a shot? Is he going to end up being a, you know, a football nomad? Does he end up being, I, cause here's the thing. I think the, the worst case scenario for him is he's a backup quarterback for the next four to six years. Then he's out of the league. That's the worst case scenario. I think the best case scenario is he ends up being kind of like a part-time Kirk Cousins or like a Tarad Taylor, right? Like he's one of those guys who has flashes. He makes the playoffs once in a while, Right. He plays back up to somebody he maybe one you know one uh one one season a, a starter gets hurt and he goes in there and plays nine games and he gets the job the year after and then he loses the job because of one reason or another I just think that's best case worst case for him you know best case is Kirk Cousins Tyrod tirad whatever his name is now Tyrod Taylor um you know uh, probably a, a a poor man's version of that or maybe even equal right a part-time guy like that. Uh, and, and then on the other side is the, the the worst case is probably just he's a football nomad. He's a backup quarterback, football nomad, uh, you know, juggling teams, and he's out of the league in four to six years. Maybe he's, you know, in the USFL if they bring that back for the 500th time, right? So uh, this is an absolute disaster. What's happened with Baker Mayfield, them taking him number one, I thought was a huge mistake then. I have been proved correct. I'm not alone in that. I've gotten a lot wrong, but this one I had right. Uh, And who knows? Maybe he'll prove us wrong. He's 27 years old. Maybe there is something left there. You know, maybe he'll have a career that's kind of like Ryan Tannehill. That we're kind of like sitting here, and again, difference, of course, is Baker, number one pick. I get it. But maybe he'll be like that, and then all of a sudden, whoop, he just goes and finds a home and has a couple of really, really good years. Now, Ryan Tannehill... You know, was very close to getting the Titans to the Super Bowl. The problem is he didn't. And, of course, you have to have the elite quarterback to get there. Ryan Tannehill loses to Mahomes. He's going to lose to, uh, you know, the elite guys in the postseason, right? I mean, Ryan Tannehill can get you to the postseason. He ain't going to win you a Super Bowl. He's not good enough. Go look at the fourth quarter. Just watch the games. He always makes mistakes. Baker Mayfield, wow. The future does not look bright for him right now. ML Sports Platter brought to you by Burn Dairy, Bowers & Company CPAs, and our great friends at Elevate Fitness of Syracuse. I have a crossover episode to play for you from the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. It's my pandemonium podcast with longtime Buffalo Bills insider, reporter, TV contributor, and best-selling author Scott Petoniak, now with the Rochester Business Journal. Before we do that, though...
1: It's all good.
0: It's your boy DM3 and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Bills Mafia, what is up? I'm Mike Lindsley, your host. Thrilled to bring you on a weekly basis the Pandemonium Podcast here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast podcast network make sure you follow us on all the social channels including twitter at built in Buffalo, underscore we are growing every day seven days a week uh bills content covering the draft covering the upcoming training camp covering the upcoming season covering the schedule release which is going to be out uh here in due time as well one thing already leaked obviously week two the bills will host the tennessee titans uh you know monday night football um So there's just so much going on, and right now there is no bigger deal than the Buffalo Bills uh, in Western New York. I know that's usually the case, but, man, has it been amplified. Uh, I was at the last Sabres game, and, you know, to see Kyrie Elam there with Josh Allen and everybody rooting on the Sabres and, uh, you know, spending time together, and you can just see the camaraderie. You can see these guys love each other. You can see they can't wait for the start of the season. Um, You know, it's just right now the Bills are so, so big. Um, I played golf with my cousin, who's a season ticket holder and has been for about 23 years, and um, he said it's just wild. You know, and his, his daughter plays uh, volleyball with uh, Ken Dorsey's daughter, and, um, you know, he was talking at, at, at length about that and uh, just how Dorsey's all pumped up for the season, and um, there's just so much going on in Bills land, and we are thrilled to bring it to you here on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Well, who better to talk to about this Buffalo Bills team and the draft than my good buddy, Scott Petoniak. He's been a Bills insider, TV contributor, columnist, author, historian for decades, and you can get him on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak, and make sure you visit your local bookstores and online where books are sold, and you can read all of his Bills books as well. We'll plug those at the end. Scott, welcome. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me, as always. All
0: right, let's recap this draft for the Bills. Um, I I thought Brandon Bean really... Did a great job again, and it starts with Kyer Elam. I mean, here's a guy who they didn't want to go off the board. They trade up a couple of spots, give a fourth-round pick along with their 23rd in the first round. Didn't have to give up tons to just move up a little bit, get a guy they've really been on. Look, 6'2", 190, checks a bunch of boxes, right? I mean, he's long, he's physical, he can play zone and man, and you need that position. That was the, the big box to check. How about Kyrie Elam? How he fits in, and he's already had some fun in Buffalo. And he was at that Sabers game the last one. I I was there too, and uh, he was there in one of the suites with uh, you know Josh Allen and company. He seems to really be embracing Buffalo, and I think this is a really good fit for the Bills.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, you know, t- only time will tell. But um, one of my concerns going into this draft was you know there was an awful lot of talk about possibly taking a running back, and I'm thinking no, no, no your biggest need and really your only need on this football team was you had to address the cornerback position. And I, and I think in, in Kyrie, Hill, that they've really done that. Like you say, he's a big cornerback, really big at six two. he's, he's got safety size really there and great length. Now, you know, there, there's always question marks. I mean, he was a guy who he did miss three games last year. Didn't have a great, great senior year. necessarily had, you know, had, had some knee issues, but, um, he seems to be over those and so forth. So uh, this fulfilled the pressing need on this football team. Now, Mike, I'm still a little concerned about the position, the cornerback position, because we still don't know about Trey White. Um, you know, we don't know. All indications are he's he's not going to be ready to go at the start of the season, and it just depends, like, where and when. So I could still see, um, you know, Brandon Bean maybe looking for some more help down the road here, maybe a veteran, you know, player or whatever, looking at at that cornerback spot. But, you know, if this, if this kid comes in and does a Trey white right off the bat, um, this is going to be a a heck of a get for the bills. And, you know, I, I keep everything in perspective too, Mike, in that let's face it. um, It's been one hell of an off season for this football team. And so even before the draft, I mean, you, you come up with, with a Von Miller, right? I mean, so you get somebody like that, and in combo with the existing guys you have, the young guys, young pass rushers that you have, you got to feel that they're going to be better. You know that we, hopefully we can see the the Ed Oliver type of improvement that you see in the second and third year with guys. So when you factor all that in, that takes pressure off the cornerback positions, right? It takes pressure off the secondary and coverage issues because you're going to be able to get pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, so, um, you know, again, this is just a – I think it's just a continuation of what's been an excellent offseason. I think O.J. Howard picking him up, you know, tight end. I think I, – I, I love this kid, you know, in college. And, yeah, you know, he has not lived up to the potential that you would have expected, but he still can. And it, particularly in this offense, it just gives Josh Allen – and the, and the new offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, another toy to play with. Um, and then, you know, you also picked up a Pro Bowl guard in, in, um, in, in Saffold, uh, Roger Saffold, and you re-signed Ryan Bates, who really solidified your offensive line last year. So, you know, throw Elam in there, and we can obviously talk about some of the other draft picks. And it's, I think it's been a, a great offseason for this team. I think this football team is a lot better. Than the football team that you know ended the season with the with the debacle of the thirteen seconds.
0: Okay, you mentioned you know don't take a running back. Don't take, they did take one, but again taking one in the second round and how they got James Cook much different than taking one, you know, in the first round. Here's a guy who is just a natural hands catcher, you know, out of the backfield and and and, and at Georgia, you know, we know that the Bulldogs defense last year one of the greatest. In, in college football history, got most of the accolades. This kid was dynamic on the other side of the ball, running it, catching it. They can use him in the screen game. He's kind of a game-breaker type of a deal. Um, you know, we heard a lot about uh, other running backs that maybe the Bills were looking at in the first round, but instead they get that type of running back. Um, you know, here, uh, Scott, in James Cook, uh, another good fit here, do you think? And and do you, uh, do you see maybe the end coming here for Zach Moss? Yeah,
1: I yeah. It's interesting you bring Moss so, up. Let, let's face it, like last year, this team, you know, they there were there were games they dressed three running backs, and we know Tywan Jones is going to be one of those guys because he's such a an important you know player on special teams and stuff. So we know he's going to be in in the mix. And yeah, I, you know we saw Singletary come up come on, and so he's the you know he's the starter going in. But I think Cook could push him, for certainly for playing time. And as you mentioned, he's a, a dynamic player, uh, a really good pass catcher. He's kind of, I think, you know, he, he's fulfilling a little bit of what they were hoping to get with J.D. McKissick. And then that fell through, mm-hmm. you know, um, at the last minute and so forth. So I, um, you know, I, I, again, I'm glad it wasn't a first-round pick. Um, I, I, I'm glad they got him where they did. And, yeah, I think, you know, Moss, it's going to be very interesting. That's going to be one of the – probably one of the training camp storylines to watch is to see, you know, how are they going to utilize these running backs and, you know, where is Moss done. And I think, you know, one of the other things I like about this move, this draft pick, is that, you know – we we know Singletary is soon gonna be coming upon, you know, the end of that rookie contract, right? And we all we know about the devaluation of running backs. You don't wanna overpay for them and so forth. So if you know if Brandon Bean is is looking for the now, this team wants to win the Super Bowl now, but if he wants to be good for a long period of time, he's gotta play those games, right? Because pretty soon, you know, the the big paycheck uh, you know, for Josh Allen is com- coming up against the cap. You know, they've been pretty good, you know, pushing that, kicking that can down the road, but that will come. And that's going to impact a lot of the other roster moves you can make. So there's a nimbleness here in thinking uh, uh, of now and the future, you know, by Brandon Bean, which is just another reason why I really like the guy. I mean, he has, you know, he's 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 keeping an eye on both the present and the future and I think you got to do that, and you got to you got to play that kind of game. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a good pick um, where it occurred, um, and I'm going to be intrigued to see how how this all plays out. Because let's not forget, Singletary was good, you know, toward the end of the, of the season and stuff. Like he he finally was, you know, uh, paying the dividends that they were hoping for. So. Um, you know, it, it bears watching how, how they're going to utilize uh, these running backs.
0: No, but no doubt about that. Buffalo Bills uh, insider, author, uh, TV contributor for decades, Scott Petoniak, our guest uh, on Twitter at Scott part of the Rochester Business Journal now. So make sure you uh, keep an eye out for his uh, for his columns. I kind of wanted to next just look into, you know, the the pick in the third round and the pick in the seventh round, both inside linebackers in Terrell Bernard out of Baylor and Clemson's Balin Spector. I don't know a ton about these guys. I mean, they play at Power 5 schools. They have the name brand behind them, etc. But what do you think, Scott, went into these picks for Brandon Bean? I combine them because they play the same position. Is this a case where, hey, depth piece, let's just see if they make the roster. Let's try to get lucky. Is it maybe a future, hey, we can move these guys into the middle if we don't want to pay Tremaine Edmonds if they do blossom? What, what do you think went into taking two ILBs here?
1: Well, I, I think you've hit upon it. I think that Bean is looking at like, you know, what do you do about Edmonds and the big payday that you know is looming there and the decision you're gonna have to make. And and I also think, you know, like you know, you're you're looking at Matt Milano, who's a guy who, you know, you know, has had some injury um issues. You're wondering about how much mileage is on the odometer. And so you've got to start grooming some guys. I mean, I think initially we're looking at these guys are uh, our depth picks right now. But I I think, you know, they're looking ahead in the future, particularly with uh, Bernard from from Baylor. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, could be that first linebacker coming in. And, you know, and, and these, you know, some some of these linebackers are a little bit smaller, but this is kind of the trend that you're going to um, you know, in this modern day pass happy NFL where, you know, everybody's got five, you know, receivers on every play and, and you got to have cover guys, you know? So, um, I think this is, uh, I think they kind of like that in, in Bernard and that, um, you know, viewing him as a kind of that hybrid in some, some respects a hybrid safety linebacker, you know, a good cover guy has good cover skills. So, um, you know, I, I think they're definitely looking at what's going on here. I mean, you know, AJ Klein's gone. You know, they released him and stuff, and so now again, who is that? You know, who's that first linebacker coming off? If you know to replace a Milano or an Edmonds, um, you know, and or who's the third if they, you know, if they're if they're playing games and and going to a four three say, and they want you know three linebackers out there as opposed to, you know, having an extra defensive back or whatever. Um, so. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. But again, I I, I credit Dean in, in that he, he is uh, he's always you know he's always got one eye on on the now and one eye on the on the near future and stuff and and you know and he's again he's got to play that salary cap game and and know you know what he has to work with and, and that sort of thing. So um, I guess I, I would I would say that you know Bernard has a, a much better chance of making this team. Uh, right now, given you know where he was picked and uh, and given the future circumstances, like what decisions are they going to make um, regarding their veteran linebackers?
0: Okay, here we get to the one that I think might be the best value pick and just a complete and utter steal. Maybe a second round talent, no more than third round talent, at least on paper. What he did at Boise State, this dude, the slot man in Khalil Shakir, Scott. This is. This pick here, I mean, I just flat out think the Bills stole this guy. And, you know, he's going to come in. He's going to be a gadget guy. You know, they've got Crowder. They have McKenzie. Crowder's only on the one-year deal. He can come in and and share the load uh, with those two, learn a little bit, and then maybe the year after he could, hell, he could be the guy for all we know. I think he could put up monster numbers, and we know how it goes in the NFL. A lot of what the success is, no matter if you're the quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, QB gets the most attention, but it's about the fit where you are, the system, your coaches, you know, is there help around you, etc. There is no better place in the NFL for Khalil Shakir than Buffalo.
1: Yeah. Um, let's face it. The pressure's not on and they, they don't have to force him in. They can use him in, in so many different situations. He's, he's a, you know, he has been described by a lot of people as a Swiss army knife type receiver. And so, you know, you're you're set in all these other positions and he could be the guy that, like, all right, we gotta pay extra attention to all these other guys, on Diggs and, and Gabe Davis, who, you know, really came on in, in the postseason and, and and like you say, Crowder. Um and again, let's not let's not forget OJ Howard. I really think he's gonna be a factor. And Dawson Knox is you know, they they've got so they've got so many options here. And so this gives, I think, you know, Ken Dorsey I we use the word toy. He's got another toy in his toy box here. And Josh Allen does as well. And they can utilize this act. They can set him, they can put him in the backfield, you know, they can jet sweep him. They can, they can put him at pretty much any of the wide receiver positions. So you can move them all around and kind of ease him into this. And, and like you said, there's no pressure on this kid, you know, really. I mm-hmm. mean, um, you know, so, so, I, I'm, you know what, Mike. I'm really looking forward to, and, and he kind of fits into this, is that I, I want to see what Ken Dorsey can do, because I would you know, I mean, you know, the, the it's going to be very interesting to see. He, I mean, here's a guy. He's got everything at his disposal, including arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, um, or, or maybe even the best all-around player in the NFL, in Josh Allen. You know, now what are you going to do? You know, we're giving you the Maserati. Here are the keys. Do you know how to drive it? Um, and we think he does, and and he's been in the system, and he's got a relationship with Josh and so forth. He's got a lot of things to play with here. Uh, And and as I mentioned, that line is solid as well. Um, That line's been upgraded. Um, So it's all there. It's all laid out. Um, But we know strange things happen, as as we saw last year.
0: No doubt about it. How about the punt god? That's the nickname. Matt (laughs) Matt Ariza from San Diego State says he doesn't like the name. Um, this guy just absolutely booms it. I mean, look, I, I would I would be lying to you if I told you that I'm glued to San Diego State football during the college football <laughs> season. But I did catch up on uh, you know a lot of the, the 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 highlights and and watching him and reading about him. And my goodness, this guy can just flat out kick it. But here's the thing: while he might unseat right uh, Matt Hawk, and while he might be the starter in Buffalo. It's not just the punting, right? His job is holding uh, for uh, Tyler Bass. And so, you know, I, I've read a bunch of articles on past kicker. You know, Brian Mormon used to be a really, really, really great punter, but he was also a fantastic holder. He talked at length about that, uh, you know, how how big of a deal is it, uh, is, is that. So uh, a two-parter here. One, uh, how much do you like this pick, The the fact that the Bills, and maybe this is a steal too, how much do you like this pick And then also, how much of a concern is that holding job for Matt Ariza?
1: Um, I like the pick because, you know, they have the luxury of being able to do it, right? I mean, that's the beauty of of how this team's been constructed now, is that there weren't any enormous holes other than really cornerback. And so you can, you know, you can go ahead and, and, you know, and take a flyer on someone like this. Um, Let's face it, like Hawk last year did not have a good year you know, we talk about the holding, the bills were also 25th in, in punting, uh, you know, ratings and stuff. So, uh, not that it was a a huge factor given, you know, the explosiveness of this offense and so forth, but, but holding becomes a big issue. And, you know, they've had, uh, the bills in their history and in recent history have had some issues with punters who are not good holders, um, you know, who don't, you know, can't stick around. I mean, you know, How many times in in these games do we see it come down to a field goal Then you can't afford, you know, to have that be an issue? And you've got a great kicker um, already in bass and stuff, so um, you don't want to be screwing around with that. Um, I I mean, the fact that you did draft a punter is an indication to me if you were going to use one of your picks on a punter, then you seriously have issues with what's going on with your incumbent Puncher. So I think Hawk is going to really get pushed. I think I think he should be very concerned about his job. Um, and again, this is going to be another one of those things that we need to watch. Now, as you mentioned about Reza, he I mean he he's got an enormous big time leg. There's no question about it. But he's got some deficiencies on that end too. Directional punting, which is such a crucial part of punting at this level, and his hang time's not good he booms it, he he gets it out there, you know, hits it down the fairway, but he doesn't get any flight on it. And so he's got, he's got some issues that he's going to need to work with. And we've seen this happen before with place kickers and with punters who were extraordinary in college or whatever. And then they, you know, they get the yips um, when they get up here. But as you said, the holding is going to be a huge, huge part of this. And uh, he's going to have to be able to, um, you know, to show that he can handle it. And that is a, an essential part of his job as well. So, um, but this bears watching. This is going to be another storyline. This, And I think Hawk is, you know, Hawk has been put on notice. Like uh, they, they spent a pick on a punter. Uh, you know, your job is not secure.
0: Okay. Two other guys to hit on here against Scott Petoniak with his Buffalo bills, insider and columnist at Scott Petoniak on Twitter, Rochester business journal, and uh, tons of books on the Bills. So go grab those at your local bookstores and online where books are sold. Villanova cornerback, Christian Benford in the sixth round, uh, Luke Tenuta out of Virginia Tech, an offensive tackle. Do you have a thought or two on these guys? Just I I guess maybe depth picks here, Scott. Is that what we're looking at?
1: Yeah, I think they both are long, long, long shots. Yeah, me too. Again, this is a very good football team. Uh, you know, their best bet is probably Mike. You're looking at practice squad guys here. Um, you know, there's always there's always that exception and so and so forth that you found a, a diamond in the rough. But I I really don't see them being a factor as I said. I, I think the offensive line is pretty solid. Um, you know again if you're looking for maybe a little depth or whatever you know with, with Tenuta, um, perhaps and you know and and you know Benford at cornerback again you have needs at cornerback um, if he, he you know he's going to have to set the world on fire right away. But he also could be a, a practice squad guy because, again, I still think that Bean is is going to be on the lookout for some, you know, veteran retread cornerback uh, out there uh, to add to the mix of, of this team because I'm I'm still a little leery and concerned about Tre'Davious White um, and how quickly he's going to be back to being Tre'Davious White. Let's hope he is, you know, at some point back back to being the player he once was, and that you know this was not the type of injury that you know, we'll, we'll not let him be that, that player again. I, I don't have any indication if that's the case at all. But, um, so, I, yeah, these guys are just, uh, to me, they're, you know, they're camp fodder probably and, and their best bet probably is just, you know, hope you can make a, a practice squad. All
0: right, I got to hit on two more things, um, and then I'll let you run, Scott. The Bills will be hosting a Monday Night Football game on week two This season, obviously, a lot of the leaks, you know, are starting to come out with the Mm -hmm. schedule, uh, the full schedule, obviously, on Thursday uh, this week. And and we'll probably get more as we go on before then even. But, um, you know, they'll blow it up. It'll be a huge event. But they're hosting the Tennessee Titans on Monday, September 19th at 7-15. It's a part of a doubleheader. The Vikings and Eagles play in the other one. You know, the Bills owe the Titans a big time slap, don't they? I mean, my good my good <laughs> they do. I mean, Tennessee's won the last two. Josh Allen slipped on the one yard line. That game arguably cost them home field. You could take Jags or Titans. I, I would say Tennessee because of the head-to-head. Um although the Jacksonville loss was just brutal. Um but but here we go, right? I mean, when you're when you're really good to great to elite in this league, you're playing primetime all the time. I don't love primetime games. I like them. Um, how about this matchup in week two? This is an early, Hey, we're, we're an early King of this league. You know, if we can pound the Titans in Monday night football, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, um, I, you know, I'm not over overwhelmed by Tennessee. I mean, I, I think, you know, the bills, I think this is a very winnable game. And like you say, there's, uh, there's certain payback there. Um, you know, that they should have won last year's game and, and a little slippage there by, by Josh, but, um, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting schedule. And I think that they're going to be, you know, the bills are hot and popular and they've you've got a dy- you know, dynamic player that everybody wants to see in Josh Allen and that type of offense. It's great television. So I would not be surprised if, if they're going to have at least as many, if not more primetime games. Um, and they had last year, you know, and again, you know, you got your annual Kansas city bills game, uh, coming up, so tell me the networks aren't clamoring, uh, you know, fighting one another to get that one. You've got the Super Bowl champs, defending Super Bowl champs, right? Um, you know, you know the Bills. Bills are playing, so um, th- there's a lot of really intriguing games. And you know, I think the I think the division could be a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, I, I although I think there's still, you know, the Jets made some some good picks, and obviously Tyreek Hill going to. Uh, uh, the Dolphins, but the Bills have, there's still such a gap between who the Bills have at quarterback and who everybody else in the division has. And, and I still can't figure out Mike, what, what the heck the, uh, you know, Bill Belichick was doing, but he's the smartest guy in the room. So I guess he knows uh, in terms of his draft class or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's um it's going to be intriguing. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. Will the Bills be that first game, you know, the lid lifter or whatever. And, you know, they probably their market size will probably get held against them. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, I, I, what a, what a, you know, Von Miller going back to playing that team and stuff, you know, and, and Josh Allen um, again, they're, they're ready for primetime players. The bills are, they're exciting. They're good. And like you say, like I say, you may have the most dynamic player in football in, in Josh Allen. So um, get ready, get ready for a, a, a lot of uh, late nights, but, um, <laughs> Uh, watching his football team play in prime
0: time. Yeah, there's no doubt. Before the last thing, I didn't have this on the list, but it just came down about 15 minutes ago, uh, the Giants releasing cornerback James Bradbury. I I don't know. Maybe they gave up on him a little quickly here. I kind of like his uh, potential. Maybe the Bills go and sneak in and, and get him on, on the low end. Scott, that would be a nice piece. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's what I think the strategy is. You know, that's what I think Bean's strategy is like, okay, all right, we got these guys and stuff and uh you know, and, and you and you take a flyer on a on a cornerback late, um, the kid kid from Villanova, Benford. Um so yeah, I, I think that's what they're gonna try they're gonna try to do. They're gonna they're gonna add a couple of veterans, I think, before camp and they you know, they said like, you know, he doesn't have his ninety man. Uh, roster set here yet for uh, St. John Fisher for when camp opens. So, he's, leave, he's leaving some slots open there that I think um, don't be surprised. There's going to be a couple more cornerbacks, uh, you know, added added to this roster.
0: All right, final thing uh, for the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Uh, a lot of the, the the folks out there might be new to you, Scott. Um, uh, we, we've got so many people listening, and, and it's growing by the day. Uh, some of them might not know how many books you've written on the Bills. I mean, you, you know, you're a best-selling author. You've covered this team for decades. I wanted to give you maybe a minute or two here in closing to just promote some of the books that you've written in the past for Bills fans to pick up.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, if they just go on my my Amazon. Page, uh, and look for Scott Petoniak, P-I-T-O-N-I-A-K. I've written five books on the Bills, Mike, including, you know, going back to some trivia books that were a lot of fun, and then a, a Bills Vault book that has uh, replica artifacts, uh, you know, spread throughout the book and stuff that was done for the 50th anniversary of the uh, of the team. And then I collaborated with Steve Tasker on a book that uh, um, really gets into you know, the arc of his career and the rise of this team into a, uh, you know, from a laughing stock into the, in, into a Super Bowl team and, and, and then beyond, you know, so, and I'm also working on one I can't talk about right now, but I'm working on a book that, uh, we'll probably be starting to publicize sometime, um, hopefully, you know, uh, by the end of this season and so forth, uh, uh, on a, on a bills, uh, bills related uh, book as well. So, but you can, if you go to Google or, you know, Amazon, uh, you should be able to find some of those books. Some are not in print anymore, but they're collector's items now on eBay and uh, Amazon or whatever, I guess. so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wild. Well, look, it's been great to have you for sure. Um, again, Scott Petoniak, RBJ.net for his work, uh, Amazon.com online, where books are sold local bookstores. If you can pick up some of those or go shop eBay and grab a lot of his uh, books on the bills from days gone by longtime TV contributor, columnist, a uh, historian and best-selling author at Scott Petoniak on Twitter. Scott, thanks, bud.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Always always a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E.